will take the music at any time, sir. Okay. Do you want me to hit the reset button? Uh, yeah. Let's hit that button. Can we talk, Boom! Can we talk about those rumors that are absolutely true? We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. The fifth column. 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 Greetings, and welcome back to another installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. It is amazing and wonderful to be with you today. I don't know what day it is. I think it's Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday. This drops on Thursday. I'm Camille Foster of, uh, of an outfit called Freethink Media. I'm happy to be with you on, uh, on the Fifth Column. I don't know how to describe what we do. I never, I never quite do. Maybe one day we'll figure that out. Um, but what I am confident of is that I am joined today by two extraordinary gentlemen. A uh, gentleman by the name of Matt Welch, who's the mm-hmm. editor at large of Reason Magazine. Did mm-hmm. you just like grunt sex- sexually in my direction? <laughs> yeah, that's, just editor at large means me. you don't do anything. That's not <laughs> me. <laughs> you guys, can I finish my intro, please? <laughs> yeah. And Michael Moynihan, who uh, is grunting, mm. uh, <laughs> of, of Vice News, and uh, has a new television project that I'm sure he'll talk about at some point that is uh, is launching pretty soon. So that's very exciting yeah, stuff. Yeah, soon. Yes. Yeah, gentlemen, how the hell are you? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, I could see that. We could do a separate show on that. I'm but sorry. Yeah, I don't know. You can just. I, he looks gonna, okay. I mean, I for, look for very, Moynihan. I look yeah. very good. I, we, yeah. we look a, a certainly. Uh, even though I'm not talking in that uh, uh, fashion, we look a lot more sober than we did last week. I last think. week, yeah, you um, certainly do, Matt. You, yeah. I, I, Matt I was, has been using a personal pronoun "we" a little too liberally <laughs> because you know I had a couple of drinks before I came. I had a couple of drinks during the show. Um, I had been drinking. Here, here's the thing. I, okay. I, I guest hosted for John Fugelsang. Oh, yeah. Tell me everything or yeah. tell me anything on uh, on Sirius XM oh, radio uh, on the Insight Channel uh, at two o'clock. And his producer is like this grumpy New York guy. He's like, do you want some scotch? Mm. And like, I don't actually drink scotch. But if like a grumpy producer is going to say, do you want some scotch? You're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. So I had like three scotches while doing a radio show at two. Did you know you afternoon. informed nobody of this? You said I'd had some drinks no, I before. I heard about that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You should have said that before. I thought you had like a beer or something. Yeah. No. And then there was some point at the end of the show as people who are regular listeners will go, will know. And if you don't know, go back to last week's episode and go about 45 minutes in where Matt he raises his hand. He's going to make a point here. Gets on the <laughs> microphone. And he's like, I don't even have. <laughs> <laughs> all the facts and the Wolfenschnickers are doing the, and all of a yeah. sudden seen Foster Brooks was in it was a good Foster Brooks impression that you did well, we'll, we will do our best to live up to that very high standard that we set for ourselves sober today uh, this us. is this is episode 23 me, gentlemen but, which mm. is a, a special number for, for fans of sportsdom uh, but before I talk about that special mm-hmm. number I'll talk about someone else who's very special and near and dear to our hearts we are joined today by our special guest for the hour the senior editor at Daily Beast, yeah. he is a senior a editor, senior editor yeah. at Daily Beast. Uh, listen, I, I can give him a promotion, but if I like, um, he is a Brooklynite. He is a musician. Um, what else do you do? He's a, <laughs> he's a grotesque Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh. Yeah, that is true. Oh my God, he would not shut up about Bruce. I mean, Springsteen. I ha- I came so close to me. Can you say? You, but I should say his name, Andrew Crow. Andrew Crow. Andrew Crow. Andrew Crow. Thank you for joining us, yeah. Andrew. Dear friend of the program. You reminded me that I wanted to make fun of Andrew Crow because those of us who are friends of Andrew Crow on Facebook, we all regret it. But there is a photo from some Bruce Springsteen, you know, jerk off fest, and you were wearing a tie dyed T shirt, and I what? tried to call in a drone strike, but apparently. I don't have that authority. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I was so upset. Oh. Shouldn't you at least dress like you want to be Bob Dylan in 1975? Exactly. 
I don't we're dressed know. like you're working class. <laughs> we're dressed like Chris Christie. You go to a yeah. Springsteen show in Jersey. I mean, you see all kinds of. Oh my God. I saw a Make America Great Again hat yesterday. Uh, really? Uh, last week, yeah. There, and the guy was literally bumping up and down, dancing during 41 Shots, which is a song about Alex like, Diallo. Diallo. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought it was pro. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But that's the thing. The Trump, the Trump voter is uh, who Bruce Springsteen pretends to know. Yeah. Isn't that right? <laughs> the white, a white middle class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm delighted you're here. Uh, usually we ask folks yeah. to come in and, and give us their perspective and, and help us understand complicated issues. Uh, when I reached out to you earlier today, Carl, you said, and I quote, just got back from five days, an, a five-day trip to Montreal um, for my anniversary. Mm. I've got no idea what's going on. And I asked, so what are you saying here? You're just going to come on and make things up. You're not going to give us informed opinions. And he said, yeah. Pretty much. That's pretty much so what that happens is, in politics uh, all the time. That yeah. is great. We are delighted to have you here, uninformed, ill-informed, and prepared to screw things up. Um, and it's, it's good because there's plenty to screw up today. There's a lot going on. We, uh, we may talk about some of this uh, privately owned prison stuff, which we were supposed to do before, or we might make it a recurring bit where we always promise to do it and never do. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, some dude named Trump has taken a trip to Mexico to talk about immigration. That sounds like sparks are going to fly. We're going to talk about yeah. that. Uh, Clinton, some woman named Hillary Clinton, is, is given a speech on the alt-right. Uh, I don't know what that is, but hopefully these gentlemen can help to clear that up for me. Uh, Mr. Trump is on a uh, colored people offensive, which is very good. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you can see what I did there in yeah. the kind of the military. That's good. Term, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Take take them all out. Um, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, what else do we have going on? Colin Kaepernick. What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, Colin you? Kaepernick. Why do you Football. hate America? Football. You know what? Before we went that's, on. That's where we'll start. Before we went on, uh, Camille's like, uh, so what? Uh, it's Wednesday. So that, does that mean they're playing today? That's yeah. how much yeah. Camille Foster pays attention can I, to the Can I tell you? Here's what I know about it's Colin. It's Wednesday. Here's what I know about Colin Kaepernick. I was, I was <laughs> astonished to hear people saying his name on television because I know him to be a crummy quarterback who at one point people thought, oh, he might be good, and then he's not good, and he's benched. He led his team to the Super Bowl. That was pretty good. Yeah, but not a, n- nothing else last season, right? This whole time this thing was happening. Very forgetful I, season. I kept on, I don't, because I don't watch football. Uh, I watch baseball. I, I don't watch football. And so I was leading this, and I couldn't, I didn't, I'm so happy you guys said it, because I, I hadn't heard his name pronounced. And I kept on reading it as Colin Copernicus. <laughs> Copernicus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Copernicus. Hates, hates, yeah. Capernick yeah, no. hates America. <laughs> yeah. And I want to make it great. So, and, and I guess we should provide some context before we jump mm. into this story. Very briefly, because there is not much to cover here. I mean, this is pretty straightforward. I think we all great. agree on this matter. Got Colin it. Kaepernick refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance as it Pledge was appropriately. God, you don't even Did have any idea. Star Spangled Banner. Oh, yeah. How oh, often yeah. do we say the Pledge of Allegiance That's at a sporting event? That's what I meant. I meant the Star Spangled Banner. Hey, hey, take it easy on me. Take it easy. Don't, don't white-splain to me. Um, he would not sp- stand for the, for the Star Spangled Banner or whatever it is you people <laughs> sing. At the uh, is at that the football us games. Americans, yeah, exactly. Or white people, <laughs> all of the all of the above. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't stand for this thing. He sat down, and apparently he had done it for two prior games. On the third, someone actually noticed because oh, he's playing this time. So maybe we should we should look into this. When he is asked about this matter, he makes it known that he cannot stand. Mm-hmm. He can't stand because of all of the racial discrimination and hatred and all of the horrible victims of police violence that have been that have not been punished here in this country he can't stand 
in support of a country that is so awful and despicable to black people. Predictably, there was an explosion of interest in this story, and everyone has come out and appropriately called this man completely unpatriotic and said that he has to stand no matter what. Um, that's a that. little bit of sarcasm. That's that's not what they've said. Um, no, they've said a variety of things. Um, some people have said Everybody he's said not black. Um, other people <laughs> have said everybody. Uh, other people stupid. have said uh, uh, other things uh, about him uh, needing to stand. But that is pretty much the conclusion I've drawn. That everyone is a moron, uh, and this story more than any other uh, reminds me of how much I dislike most people's perspective on most things. How that's about right. This story Kaepernick's... isn't interesting. Yeah. What about what about I think Colin, Colin th- let's get this out of Balik the way. Or whatever you don't want to stand up. You don't want to stand up. You don't Belichick. have to. Obligatory displays of patriotism for someone else's benefit. You don't have to do that crap. You don't have to stand. It's fine. He gets to sit if he wants to sit. Shut the crap up. Um, that does not give his perspective anything approaching merit. Uh, and the fact of the matter is you are paid to play football. Go play. Otherwise, I don't really care what you think about most things unless you agree with me. And that is all there is to it. There's yeah. nothing further to explain. Yeah, because this isn't a nuance. Uh, no, no, no. The, the, the nuance in this is that you know, if he doesn't want to stand, he doesn't want to stand. I don't care. I mean, who cares? A, guy, a guy's playing football. You know, it's not a national emergency. He has views, and so what. The the thing about it is, as Camille said, it confers some sort of value on your views if you're doing something rebellious, or you know, people. There's some you know guy in some podunk town burns your jersey, and all of a sudden everyone's like, this guy is really amazing, this Copernicus character, and we should all get behind him because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The thing about it is his reasoning for this is idiotic. I mean, that's the the real problem here is, is saying, like, you can say patriotism, you can have the bigger argument about this, and there's, you know, books written about it, and people make these arguments about whether there's anything worthwhile in being patriotic. Who cares? But the important point is saying that the problems that are happening now with, you know, police, certain police forces in the United States, over incarceration, that this is a, a, a problem of America, that it's America's problem, we should blame America, is kind of as dumb as being patriotic. I mean, it's as, it's as dumb as saying that, you know, this country itself embodies a set of values which are enumerated in the Constitution and, and certain, certain, I sound like Judge Napolitano here. What part of the Constitution? Yeah, yeah. There's no football in the Constitution. <laughs> uh, there's, um, you know, but, but, you know, his argument is what? That I will not salute a flag. Okay, you know, fine. Again, I don't care. Uh, because that flag represents... What, you know, the the guy who shot Trayvon Martin or something? I mean, what what is he trying to convey here other than some sort of dumb grandstanding point? I mean, I don't need grandstanding in in my football. I don't care if you want to do it. I won't pay attention to you if, do, if you do. But the point is not I, a sharp I want point. grandstanding. It's only not, after, it's only it's after a, you'd scored a touchdown. It's a dumb point. And you can, can do your end zone de- dance or anything can else. Can anyone defend the point that he's making? Because it seems like a silly point to me. Well, Carell can, but before he gets in oh. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I just want to Red introduce. Andrew. <laughs> I just want to introduce what I think is going to be almost as popular as my elephant and uh, theory of Donald Trump. Uh, which obviously went over really well, um, is uh, it's my man buns theory of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, Jesus. Which uh, is to say, when I see, especially uh, in professional sports, but is elsewhere. Is this when you come out of the closet? Yes. Um, <laughs> so when I see you. a man <laughs> wearing man buns, I do yeah. not say to myself. Yeah. It's singular. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on how you use them. I guess. Um, I do not say to myself, I want to wear my hair in a man bun. <laughs> okay. But what I say is that I'm glad that the that the zone for acceptable 
man hair behavior has expanded in front of us. Um, and in this case, the, the zone of uh, acceptable behavior is uh, what we are expected to do at stupid displays or not stupid or just cultural whatever displays of patriotism at sporting events. I'm happy that for more people amazing. to sit down, <laughs> even if I disagree yeah. with his man bun logic. Can, can and you it, hear the sound of people unsubscribing across the country? Because <laughs> I can. What does this have to do with the Star Spangled yeah, Banner? Yeah. I'm so, it's, so it's unclear. It's if unclear, you go but I think expand it... the man bun. <laughs> and by the way, the man bun is a totally unacceptable haircut. Just so you know. No, I see. Yeah, it it, like I look. You when, see it as liberating. When oh I, I do, I do. I think. Yeah. I think there's only a few acceptable Amer- uh, male haircuts out there. I want there to be more choice. Look at that uh, pivot. And <laughs> I want just like with <laughs> Car- when Carlos Delgado stopped standing up for the God Bless America in the seventh inning, which is something that was. Great and important in the year 2001 and arguably 2002. Sure, I and, understand it. Uh, and he's like, I just, I'm from Puerto Rico, uh, and I don't, yeah. uh, I don't favor the Iraq and Afghanistan war in 2004. He <laughs> said, Puerto Rico, I'll just take your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you can just bail us out, but no standing. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that's fine. I think yeah, there should be more. Too, there should be more weirdness out there, right? Uh, and more like deviance of this. Even though uh, Colin Kaepernick standing up and explaining this in a Castro T-shirt made me lose all sympathy for whatever the hell he was talking about. I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even is that true? That. that is totally true. He no, wore a Castro wow. t-shirt. No, you're not. No, and, you're no, not no, kidding. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, and a Malcolm X hat, which I defend much more because yeah. it's a pretty cool hat. Yeah. Uh, but in defending this and talking about it, and some of his comments have been smart and some of them stupid. Uh, like he talked about union rules for cops uh, who've been involved sure. in officers and like was smart about it. Yeah, yeah but, but it's, that, a, it's a broke clock. It, 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 and again, it's like, well, then then like you should be attacking the police union. This idea, it's a very campus idea that if you were to talk about a group of people that, you know, I am opposed to this group of people because amongst that group of people, some people do this, you would be shot down in a second and rightfully so. This has nothing to do with America. There's problems within America. You can't say like, I reject this flag or I reject this country. Again, you have the right to do it and I'm happy that you do and I think people who burn his shirts are idiots. But let's actually address the point itself which is that because i mean there are fewer police shootings now than there have been sort of 10 years ago it's you know safer to be on both sides of this safer to be a cop people talk about the war on cops it's safer to be a cop and there are also fewer people getting shot by the police it's just true you're complicating this. you know and like and and, and so 90 people uh, unarmed people was 90 95 97 that washington post documented last year were shot unarmed people that's 97 too many and 36 of those were black people right there are 310 million people 420 million people in the country and he's using that as the point these 36 people were shot they were unarmed in the u.s last year there are 320 million people in this country fuck the united states doesn't make sense to me it doesn't and, and we can talk about police shootings and all the things that drive me crazy about them and the militarization of police and every interaction I have with cops tends to be negative. That's you. Yeah, I know. It's me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, apparently you can't masturbate in public, but I, just, <laughs> I see it as a freedom issue. But, you know, and, you know, it's just not America writ large. It's like it's a more micro. Problem. By the way, well, before, before, a... before we get to Corral, uh, but just a, a shout out to our <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. Of like uh, it, uh, I think it's important for people to give fan art to uh-huh. various moments of, uh, of uh, mm-hmm. the fifth column. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, fan so, art of oh, no. Moynihan oh, discussing yes. his interaction with cops. I think. Oh, would be okay. oh I think I'd say something else. <laughs> yeah, me too. Is this thing I'm glad that's where. Yeah. I'm glad that's where Mo- that Moynihan jackknifed you- over a flying. <laughs> fist. You, oh my gosh, Grell, do you do you feel like you want to contribute here? <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, anything that needs yeah. to be yeah. wary of it? I mean, my said. question, yeah. is, I, I, you know, his pea brain, Kaepernick, Kaepernick, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, obviously he's just a, a shallow, dumb athlete. You know, you would never ask him to give you a take on anything in the world. You know, you wouldn't ask him to write a hot take for the Atlantic on any of this stuff. But, you know, my question would be, maybe there's something valid about maybe in his head he's critiquing american culture for accepting this for going on for the for police shootings going on for and for the like the sort of stupid conversation we have every time one of these uh you know uh, uh, alton sterling or one of these situations happens we have this conversation where it becomes the war on cops narrative maybe there's maybe that's like he he sees the pushback to the complaints about police abuse and maybe wow. he sees that as like a cultural critique of america in general we don't nobody wants to do anything but i don't know i'm trying to you know i'm trying to understand yeah no which no. uh, no. you know we're sympathetic to it's just sure. uh you know just, could it be that that's what he's thinking it's sort I, of like, i don't i don't think so is the yeah. is the easy answer but what about yeah. you know sitting down not refusing to stand up for again you know during the iraq war can you what's yeah. the difference yeah, yeah. That's, no, no no that's not i think that would be different i, yeah. I actually because do think the I, government I actually, is waging the government on behalf is, of an entire country. on behalf of the, uh, the entire country and the government is referring it uh, referring to it as the united states right. at war with iraq and so, therefore, I, I think that that's totally fine, and I accept it. And it's and again, it's not the gesture that I have a problem with at all. It's just the fact that everyone is doing this very binary look, and it's like he's a good guy or he's a bad guy. No one's actually actually interrogating the idea of is it a smart response yeah. to police violence to not stand up for the pledge of allegiance or the start? Well, start it's, it's smart in one respect because we we are we are talking about it. Um, I will say something True. else about the coverage though. There are there are a few things that I hate. Um, he's not Jackie Robinson. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's odd well, that that needs to be pointed out to anyone. So so making drawing comparisons between the two because he doesn't love stupid. Nixon. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> well, exactly I mean, why. Jack, Jackie but, Robinson also. I, I know. Did not stand different, up always. Different for the circumstances. Yeah. They're okay. still not the same guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just fair to point <clears throat> out but the, that it's but the, it's dramatically different. But the like sometimes I didn't some stand in class. Well, I'm it, not Jackie it has, Robinson it has either. Some similarities, but what and, and to Andrew's point again about the United States is that Jackie Robinson is is responding to things that are codified into American law mm. that is, you know, pre-Brown versus Board of Education, loving all these important rulings that are codified into American law. This is like Jim Crow America in the 50s. And I, you, you, have, you can have a problem yeah. with the U.S. I mean, at that you, point. If Absolutely. you want to talk about the motivation, if you want to go beyond the, the actual physical act of sitting or standing and talk about motivations, he's no Jackie Robinson. The second thing, though, all of the conversation about the third stanza of a song that oh, we yeah. sing, and no one can remember this third stanza. Can you hum no a few one bars? knows the third stanza. Can you hum it? You know, I, you I'm not going to hum a few bars of yeah. it. I, I don't. I hate those hot takes. It is the worst. Did you know that the Star Spangled Banner is super duper racist? Well, only if you actually sing that third stanza. That no one ever sings. Wasn't there an and ice no one cream, knows. Wasn't there an ice cream song thing I too? I remember John McWhorter wrote about it in the New Republic. There was some I, like some Van Halen. It was that uh, David Lee Roth is super racist. <laughs> uh, just clip that. Well, out. My, my. Um, but but uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, so no, this this happens all the time. Do you, what was the stanza? Do, what, do you remember the? I, I, I could I could look up the lyrics. I'm not going to do it. I'm sure. I like mean, it's Mike. just dot com. It's it's something. It's something about something about, a, about it today a civil a civil war battle or, or something to that effect some sort of battle so it's not even direct that the slaves had to run is it is it the battle of 1812 i think so is that what it was writing yeah. while he was watching yeah the, but yeah. no but here's the thing no one cares because so, no one knows wait, so because yeah. it's totally irrelevant but camille this is because you've read this, this the, the other um 
you know, the extra verse that's on the remix. Spitting that Best Buy bonus verse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the iTunes exclusive. So in that, it's it's a reference to a battle which was being fought uh, on behalf of a cause. So there's nothing explicitly racist about it. It's implicitly racist. Is that, am I getting that right? No, no. It's it's kind of they, it's they reference slavery. Yeah, they reference slavery, and, like, I, and I think it's like taking like awesome taking shots, slavery? killing the killing the fleeing slaves. Oh, like we killed so, them. So it's not like songs of the so South racist. America's yeah. kind of awesome. No, no, uh, this is not song of the yeah, South uh, racist. Yeah. This isn't the sort of racism that this I was is, trying to say. Hey, come on. All right, I just want to. I grew up and my childhood was in, was enriched by this by this yeah. wonderful Southern treasure. I want to be clear, uh, just to cl- clarify here. Um, now that you've told me it celebrates killing slaves, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely against it. I'm against that well, verse. Well, they're, they're the fleeing just, sort. So. I just think they should take that verse out if they haven't already. Yeah. And weirdly, they have. Really? Oh, God. Well, let's, These let's, takes are getting hotter. Yeah, let's take uh, let's take a trip uh, across the border here. Oh, uh, hey, geez, hell of that, a segue. Look at that. Hell of a segue. Up. A good setup, Donald man. Trump mm-hmm. goes to Mexico. Candidate Trump goes to Mexico to Is this have a riddle? A meeting <laughs> to have a meeting with the president of Mexico, Enrique Peña. 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 That's what I said. Peña. Peña. I didn't say that. You said Peña. I said Peña. This is how I learned to say it in Spanish class. Oh. Oh God. You know what? Okay. <laughs> you guys. I just want to Jeez. set up the story. He goes. They have a meeting. I was expecting fireworks. <laughs> this is more disappointing than like Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were, it was really yeah. tame. Um, yeah. And I was expecting so much more from this confrontation, uh, but it was actually pretty dry. Uh, Donald <laughs> yep. Trump was, uh, was, was pretty laid back. He laid out his five points. He's going to, one, end illegal immigration. Un- that, that wasn't surprising. He's going to build a wall. No mention of who will pay for it. He's going to uh, end the movement of illegal drugs across the border, which is very important to a lot of people. Four, he's going to make, the, the, uh, make NAFTA fair. By raising wages on both sides of the border. And relatedly, he's also going to keep manufacturing wealth in our hemisphere. Mm. All sounds reasonable. Completely sane. Totally prudent. If you're Pep, you can. And and right and just. Um, But apart from that, like pretty respectful, pretty pretty laid back. Pretty chill. Yeah. He literally mumbled into the mic during the press conference. Yeah. He was just like, "Yeah, it's very reading." Yeah, reading. Answered, answered yeah. all but answered all but one question uh, yeah. that was tossed at uh, tossed at them afterwards. Um, I don't know, gentlemen. What what are your thoughts about uh, about the way that that uh, Donald Trump conducted himself uh, about the fact that there really weren't any fireworks? I was actually expecting there to be a little bit of tension, especially when a question came up about whether or not Mexico would pay for that damn wall. Um, it to never which, came. Oh, he never well, talked about it. It was asked. The question was asked. It was asked yeah. twice. In and fact, he, he admitted he, we never talked about it. He gave the same answer twice that we yeah. have not discussed it. We haven't discussed this, it. The takeaway from this is, is, is kind of encoded in that. And it's, it's that, you know, and you know, when people are getting kicked out of Trump rallies and he'd be like, get him out of here and like, you know, beat him up. I don't know why it sounds like a 1940s film character. <laughs> That's what he like, yeah, yeah. See, uh, the kid's hey, got whoa. moxie. Uh, you know, and they're throwing him out and he's, he's denouncing people and yelling at them. The, the takeaway from this is not the kind of ever shifting 
political opinions of Donald Trump. I mean, we support people of all kind of parties that don't have any principles. It's incredible. I mean, that's why I like both Bernie Sanders and like Rick Santorum. I hate both of their views, but they actually stand for something. They actually believe these things. No matter how crazy they are, they believe in them. Trump, the, the takeaway I don't think is that Trump is, you know, shifting his views or softening, whatever. It is, and um, for those of you out there, you're listening to the car, in the car with all of your kids, uh, you just turn it down right now. The takeaway is that Donald <laughs> Trump is a pussy. I was going to say that. He is a pussy. A pussy has bitch. Is, I mean, it is unbelievable. It's like, you know, I, I, I'll i put Ann Coulter in there, too. Ann Coulter, you can put her in the center of Juarez, and she will say the exact same <laughs> shit. And, and just like, she's a suicide bomber. She's insane, and she loves, this is what she does. You put Trump in there, he's the toughest guy in the world. He's not going to say you're a bunch of rapists. He's not going to say yeah. you guys are going to pay for this. He's not going to do a call and response to a bunch of Mexican journalists saying, you guys are going to pay for it, right? I mean, he does this at in, in you know, his home territory. Yep. I looked at this and I was like, what a coward. This yep. guy's a coward. What a coward. Or he's a, he's an expert politician. What I've been told all along is that he is completely irrational. He's ridiculous. Unbelievable. He can't say these things. What person would rationally say these things? Apparently when he shows up, he gets, he smartens up pretty quickly. The person he's trying to win. And he tries, and he's, he's, trying to win. he's like trying to win, which yeah. is, which is shocking. He is behaving in a rational way. He's, he's doing this crazy thing that politicians usually do where they swing from one side to the other after the primary. Um, he is just doing it in a more extreme way than I have ever seen anyone do it. Yeah. Um, but what does that mean? Is that should we be frightened or should we be less frightened, Matt? Aren't it, you less frightened means, at the prospect of this man winning now? Uh, it, now that he's been it presidential, means that you have yet another reason oh, to vote for president. Donald Trump. She's <laughs> 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 been okay. looking for it. I, I you and Justin Raimondo, just like uh, give me another reason. I, I don't know. Thank you. You. I don't have to name check people. I guess it's funny. <laughs> I, mean, I literally have no idea who that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, I mean, I'm glad that he is softening, as is he it puts really it. Though? Um, somewhat. I mean, it's a interpersonal softening. He's not going to deport all 11 million people. He's not going to necessarily no, no, no yeah. deportation forces anymore. Apparently, I mean, I, we have a deportation force, so that was always kind of a kind of a non sequitur here. But yeah. I think we're probably not going to deport four million U.S. citizen children, which was what he was maintaining a year ago. I mean, people forget about this, but one year ago. The entire Republican Party went insane. It wasn't just Donald Trump. The moment that he came down and said that Mexico is sending us our bad, their bad people, their rapists, and then he compared it to the Mariel boat lift, except worse, what yeah. Mexico is doing to us, yeah. which doesn't make any sense at all. There's not mm -hmm. even one yeah. sentence, one comma that makes sense in there. Uh, the moment that happened, he went from in the polls to from one percent to eleven percent in like a minute and a half. And at that moment, the entire Republican field, with virtually no exception, looked at that and said, oh, shit, we need to go bonkers, too. So Bobby <laughs> Jindal said, oh, yeah. unchecked immigration uh, without assimilation is invasion. Mm, Half yeah. of the field, including Rand Paul, to his great discredit, um, said that we need to rip up birthright citizenship. Jeb Bush, the moderate, right, said... We got to do something about those anchor babies yeah. once and for all. Yeah. Carly Fiorina, also the yeah. moderate, said the same thing about – they all went batshit fucking crazy mm. about immigration because Donald Trump 
uh, paved the way. And also, let's remember that he went uh, on the, the path that Mitt Romney had tread before him. Mitt Romney in 2012 was the most hysterically anti-immigration candidate in the Republican field by a factor of a lot. He went after Rick Perry for daring to suggest that there can be in-state tuition for children of illegal immigrants. Yeah. Um, and he went after <laughs> sanctuary cities. He went after uh, against Rudy Giuliani, all these, all these kind of things. So he paved the way there. Republican Party had been moving in this direction, which is a complete inversion of where it was in 1980 under Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush, who talked accurately about uh, illegal immigration as a problem, not of criminality, but of prohibition, that right. when you have that many people outside... And, and the autopsy report in 2012-2013, uh, which, which uh, you know, Ari Fleischer, who's now like a Trump supporter, uh, was one of the authors of. I mean, remember that the autopsy oh, report in t- 2013 was Henry Barber, the nephew of Haley Barber, the former former head of the GOP, um, who's a completely reasonable guy. And he's now on board also supporting Trump. I know he's doing it reluctantly. But, you know, Henry Barber, um, um, uh, Ari Fleischer, a few other people. And that, if you read that document... And then and then hold it up next to what the the rhetoric and it's a very 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 good point and one that deserves being repeated is that it pushed everyone this way everyone was copying it reminds me of like when the first Harry Potter book uh, came out and then you go to the bookstore the next day and there's like Barry Crofter and like everyone is everyone's like okay this, I guess this is what we do now we're gonna write wizard books yeah. I mean this was like the wizard book of politics like all of a sudden n- nobody has any strong feelings about this except for you know f- I mean I think Ted Cruz actually does. I think uh, Donald Trump is faking it. I think there are a few people that do. But yeah, like the Rand Paul, who disgraced himself a number of times in the campaign by, you know, just it's not even like you're not being libertarian enough. You're just being, you know, jelly spined and you're just looking, you know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And don't forget also that the, that uh, Donald Trump was in many ways the preliminary author of that autopsy report with his interview with Newsmax in November of 2012, in which he said that the reason the single reason that Romney lost lost was his money. Maniacal, and that's a quote. Views on on self deportation, and and that uh, that uh, it was mean spirited and wrong, and so like it was the first draft of. So, well, Andrew, I want to about about Americans. By the way, this is a question for everybody here what's, today. What's, which part? The, the, I mean, just every time I'm reminded of the fact that you know Donald Trump said this in Newsmax and said this is why he lost. You can't do this, and then he is the candidate saying things that no candidate has said since Bull Connor ran for sheriff. You know, I mean, this is an amazing. <laughs> thing like why like why, I, this is the thing that no one has really written a, a, a sort of crystal clear thing about or something that convinces me of why none of this stuff matters anymore well also if you look at it as a bellwether of how people sort of change their views on this another person who was very supportive of the autopsy was sean hannity who was he really uh, oh yeah sean, well he initially took it after the election he said you know what i'm going to drop immigration as my what you know i'm going to be take a softer tone I, I distinctly remember this in 2012 being shocked by it. like this guy who's a true believer you know just you know disagree with him on everything but he's a true believer he believes what he says he'll do whatever it takes to get his views you know enacted uh he said i'm you know we need to drop this illegal immigration stuff we need to stop talking about it this way and now he is you know whatever trump says is, is, he's prosecuting is every, yeah. every last uh, never trumper until they uh they're shot in the yeah. in the serengeti uh no that brings me to the uh the rush limbaugh moment this yeah, week right, which right, was right. probably the most remarkable media moment in which he had a caller who uh was uh, talking about uh, Trump's shift on this issue, and uh, and Limbaugh kind of laughed at him and said, "Well, I never took Trump seriously yeah. that he was going to deport ten million people." <laughs> but he did actually. If you go back, Connor Friedersdorf had a really great piece where he went back and looked at it, transcripts from the fall, 
And Limbaugh said specifically back then, he was something to the effect of, I take him seriously on this. He's the only one who has a view on immigration. Well, like you were saying before, the other 11 or 15 candidates have nothing to say on this. He's the only one that has something, quote unquote, serious to say about immigration. And he wasn't alone. It wasn't just talk radio listeners. It was Rich fucking Lowry. Yeah, yeah. The editor-in-chief of National Review magazine at that time. You go back to August of last year. Again, one year ago this month. Just check out the entire public discourse. It was insane. Uh, And part of what Lowry said is like, yes, we should pander to Trump on immigration. National Review as an editorial board uh, came out with an editorial uh, reaction to Trump's white paper on immigration. Remember, it was his first policy big heave on immigration here, which is filled with all kinds of promises that he's going to break in about, what, 90 minutes uh, that he's going to start to... uh, We're a little ways away from his uh, speech Modifying those things. And, um, And what National Review said is like, well, that's a good start. We need to go further than that. And what this is, let's think about this, because we're deporting 11 million people. That was the the opening bid here. Uh, So that's 15,000 people a day. And also there are 4 million uh, U.S. citizen kids. So let's add another 5,000 kids a day. You're going to deport 20,000 human beings every single day. This was considered by the flagship journal of conservative opinion as a good start rather than what it really is, which is a total fucking fantasy. There's no way <laughs> yeah. in hell you could marshal well, the police state. No, this is an important no, point. No, I'm not, I'm not going to take is, you away from like, it. Like people wanted to believe in a fantasy. People who fucking knew better, yeah. who fucking knew sure better. they knew better though? Rich Lowry, does he know I don't, better? I mean, come on. Yes, he does. Yes, come on. He does. It was flagged in even the language that he used. He's like, oh, yes, is he being populist instead of like Beltway? But these are people who aided correct. and abetted Trump in 2011 and allowed him to have the national platform he had with Romney. I mean, these people Which created the media. A monster. lot of the never Trumpers in National Review uh, did their against Trump issue in January yeah. of this year, which was almost 12 months too late. Um, yeah. uh, you know, they pride themselves on holding on to these ideas. No, what you did in a moment of truth, you said, I know what this guy is saying is bonkers but that's more important to me right now and this is to answer your point more like how did this happen we decided or enough people decided not actually anybody in this room decided that it was important to have someone who would talk bonkers as like the only way to somehow shake the system into a place of correction and this is when you go specifically to to a know-nothing place to pull the center to the right and i just want to say because it's appropriate um because of the 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 conversation that matt welch is in fuego right now he is burning only had two drinks this time, he's seven, eight, nine. Oh. Yeah, no, no, burning the, the windscreen off with that hot breath. Yeah. But yes, Camille, you were saying. No, I, I was going to say, Matt, I, I think that you are spot on. And all of this is very interesting. And uh, Mr. Moynihan, you raised Sounds the question. Like a segue. What, what on earth? No, no, this isn't a segue. This is maybe a bit of a segue. But I, I got a point here. At least I think I do. You raised the question about what is what is going on? What does this say about yeah. the American people? Oh, and yeah. Matt, you ask another question. What on earth does this say about the Republican establishment? Everybody is playing political theater here. Like everyone. And the voters, I don't know how much they care. I, I can't really, I'm not entirely sure. But Mr. Trump laid out like five points. And the five points were sort of similarly ridiculous. Like the first is the most respectable, which is ending illegal immigration. It's nebulous. But for the most part, when he talks about it now, he's talking about getting people who have criminal records out of the country. That is the new position of the new Donald Trump, at least we think. Which Maybe is we'll hear totally some more about Barack it. Obama's position. Which is totally Barack Obama's position. The rest of it, though, is not increasingly strange, um, but it's also it's similarly it's bad policy. Um, and in many cases, bearing on the completely ridiculous and unattainable. So we're going to prevent all illegal drugs from coming across the border. Um, it was actually President uh, Enrique Peña Nieto 
Is that is that mm-hmm. right? Pena. 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 Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Pena. Whatever. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Matt's allowed to get upset and I make a mistake on the pronunciation. I'm sorry. But at any rate, he, he talked about stopping the flow of guns and drugs across the border in the other direction. No one is talking about ending the drug war, for example. Right. This is a bad policy. Although it's just bad Fox policy. And, it, and, it's, and what's always bothered me about the, the Trump in politics and the conversation that has happened around Trump in politics is that, well, no, I mean, he's not serious. He's not serious. He's uniquely dangerous. Look, he just says ridiculous and horrible things. Well, no, our politics are thoroughly unserious. It's candidates running on ideas that either they can't actually attain these things or it is an impossible, not just impossible, right? And they don't believe it, but it's actually impossible to do. Yeah. And, I mean, and voters yeah. don't care. Yeah, no, and, the, and the people no. who apparently support the parties don't care. That to me has always been the fundamental issue. And it's not that I don't cringe when I hear Donald Trump piece together sentences that are nearly incomprehensible. I yeah. do. I yeah. do. Um, but I think that is far worse. That has always been the travesty. And the fact that he has no respect for the political process, clearly, that, that almost earns him a point for me. This is the Camille, this is the Camille theory of everything. And I want to echo the Camille theory of everything, which it's is always a good which, call. which is that, you know, everything is ultimately the same. You know, it's like, wait, tr- 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 either Trump is uniquely dangerous. Camille's point would be like, no, he's not. Everybody's dangerous. The, the point about the lying here and about this stuff, like, you cannot, I mean, you see the indignation and the righteous fury from people say, there's no way you can deport 11 million people. And they are correct. But it is selective. You, no one is saying, so the only exception, by the way, who really challenged uh, him on this during the, during the, um, primaries was Bill Maher challenging Bernie Sanders when he says, I support you. I love you. I'm on board. But how the hell are you going to pay for any of this stuff? It's fantasy world. Is it any more of a fantasy than getting 11 million people on boxcars, I presume, in a kind of Nazi-like way? Not really. And barreling towards the Mexican border? No, it's not. You know, then, and, and let's not just say that it's, that it's you know, left or right. I mean, who is interrogating, you know, Herman Cain's 999, Nobody. any of this stuff. It's all crazy. I totally referenced that last night on I love, MSNBC. I love 999. It's, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, like it's going to be the name of my punk rock band, 999, and it's going to be a Herman Cain reference, and no one will get it, yeah. just so you know. Well, everyone listening to this podcast <laughs> will get it. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe we've, we've sat here a little too long. I mean, there are other things are that, are, that are going up? on. Um, we, we may <laughs> need to. Gonna, what are we going to do? But I, I wanted to do something. Neil. Well, we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, alt-right speech, uh, oh, yeah. which is at least sort yeah. of related I thought the one that you would want to get into is her American exceptional. God, am I, I'm pretending I'm drunk. I don't American specialism. <laughs> <laughs> she she well, Stone no, Cold is... gave an American exceptionalism speech. No, 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 no. Alt right is the Camille thing because Camille is going to say, "What about the alt left?" Go ahead. Camille. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God! Give well, it to me. Actually, to I, me. that's I'm not sure if that's that's where I want to go with this. What but I, you will. What I wanted, it. what I wanted, was for you guys to explain explain for me, for the benefit of myself and the listeners, what on earth the alt right is. Because when I hear Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton talk about it, and when I contrast it with my experience with the alt right, mm-hmm. the alt right is Camille Foster definition. Um, a universe of mostly anonymous people on Twitter who have mm. eggs and various other strange things for their avatars, who make really nasty memes and say disgusting things in order to provoke a response. And perhaps there is a loose confederation of pretty disgusting organizations like VDARE and American Renaissance who hold conferences that are not televised on C-SPAN. That is the alt-right. 
And Hillary Clinton giving a speech addressing the alt-right is almost like the the Republican presidential candidate giving a speech talking about, I don't know, the new Black Panther Party? There you go. Uh, there, there, there's, there's the set. So I'm just I'm just wondering and Black Panther Party. I'm just I'm just wondering, is is this a thing? Is this something that she actually had to do, or is this an opportunity to say, hey, look, my candidate, my I know my negatives are really high. You hate me. I get it. I'm sorry. But that other guy, super duper dangerous, totally racist. And did I mention that he's racist? I'll just point out before getting into it that uh, I've only heard the new Black Panther Party referenced on Fox, Fox News. It's, Megyn it's, Kelly. Yeah. That, that, was Megan, that was actually hey, what I, made I Megyn read about Kelly. it on Breitbart as well. Oh, okay. so. She got it from Breitbart. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that was what made Megyn Kelly's career was the new Black Panther Party in 2008 or 2009. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the alt-right, uh, I see more people who self-identify with it call themselves by that name let's say then i would I think, and, and, and i think the big difference is if hillary if you could turn this around and say black a new black panther party on the left why can't we do that if there was a member of the new black panther party or somebody who ran a publication that ran new black panther party material or praised them and became the head of Hillary Clinton's, the CEO of her campaign, mm-hmm. then I think it'd have a point. Because Steve Bannon yep. is mm-hmm. a guy who runs Breitbart.com, which is a clearinghouse for, you know, bad journalism, nutty journalism, and stuff in which, you know, uh, character actors uh, named Milo Cyrus, or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> M- Ma- yeah, Milo uh, <laughs> Papadopoulos. Uh, <laughs> George Papadopoulos says, like, I am, I am a uh, supporter Kaepernick. of the alt-right, because he is going on a tour uh, with a bus with his head on it. I mean, it's this insane freak show. And Hillary Clinton, what she's doing here is just smart politics because Donald Trump walked into this trap a long time ago when he pretended not to know who David Duke was because he mm-hmm. didn't want to alienate yeah. these people that, like, oh, come on. I mean, why? No, listen. You know, it's, it's good retail. It's good politics, by the way, to say if the former member, uh, former uh, Grand Kliegel, whatever he was, of the Klan or the Obergruppenfuhrer of the Nazi party <laughs> is, you know, with photographs of him marching around with Nazi uniform on, and he writes <laughs> books about how Jews control the world. If somebody says to you, do you support this guy or you, or do you, you know, say screw you to his, his uh, support? You say no. Well, yeah, I, listen, but, but no, no, no. Especially but, considering that he wrote a column denouncing him in 1999. Right. Yeah. Yes, he did. Here's, but here's, here's my, Pat Buchanan, and, and I hate, I hate this about myself. This, this yeah. is, this is my worst characteristic. Mm-hmm. That I insist on mm. accuracy in, in our criticism. Uh-oh. Here we go. Look, the Uh-oh. guy, the, the guy, the guy actually. Here's what. Here's what actually happened here, and it's it's so odd because we know that Donald Trump isn't particularly sophisticated and he's crude. Yeah. Um. And if he has any redeeming qualities at all, the one redeeming quality might be. Um. Actually, I'm not even going to go there. I'll I'll do it this way instead. Um. I don't know that you need to bend over backwards. Um. When some some awful, disgusting person says that they like you. Yeah. Like, if you say, I, I, the quote that I read the other day, because I went and looked at this again to see if there was actually a place where he said, oh, you know, David Duke, maybe he's respectful. I, I'm not, no, I'm not no. sure. He, he That's not what he happened. Not what what he, he actually said, what he actually said was, I, can I just say, I don't even know who this guy is. But I don't does. know who De- David Duke is. Did he endorse me? I didn't hear about that. And I don't he, know. But, but he, he said, he he said and look, but, yeah, but look, he's lying. If, but if you say, <laughs> but if you say that and you back away from it, and Omarosa is out there stomping for you and yeah. you have black folk who open up for you at your various campaign events. Like, I suppose one could make the argument that the reason someone is doing that thing 
is because they are clearly trying to send secret signals to their friends in the white supremacist movement. I, no. I, for one, I, for one, have never really thought that that was particularly compelling evidence of anything, especially since it wasn't but like a day or so later Look at, that he came out and talked about how, how awful he thought he was. I don't know. That's never really that's never really washed with me. The, real, the reason I don't buy it is because the way the alt-right and the Nazi right and the fascist right and the racist right see Diamond and Pearl or whatever the hell oh, it yeah. is. Diamond and Pearl are the uh, are the two African American women. Diamond, Diamond, and Silk. Silk. Diamond and Pearl is, is a great uh, Diamond song. and Prince. Yes, yeah, but but what they see that as but they, they stomp as, for Trump. They yeah, stomp for Trump and they see on Rosa and they see all this stuff as a type of like you know old left wing incrementalism. Right? Is that you yeah. do what you need to do to get there? And he is sending signals by saying, "I'm not denouncing your support." So you do not. Nobody in this room should ever want a president who cannot handle a question about David Duke, who you've written about, who you know who it is, and if you don't know who he is, you shouldn't be running for president. And, and, and even if you did, if, even if you didn't, this should be how you respond. Somebody says to you, you know, this guy, David Duke, he really, really supports you, and you're retweeting all these. And, and he says, I don't know. I can't denounce them. I don't know what they believe. I, I, and he, this is what he did. So here's the pr- appropriate answer. You're telling me that this man is a former member of the Klan? Of course I denounce that. I think this is bad journalism on your part, because why are you tying me to people who I have no control over? That's the fucking response. Yeah. Not saying, which Ron Paul, for the which, most part, which, did. Yeah, 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 no, that's sometimes. true. Listen, yeah. I, who, by I'm, the way, is, you know, the, the Ron Paul survival report was its own. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to. the name of my punk band. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I told you ages ago, I wanted to start a, a hardcore band called the Michael Moynihan survival report. <laughs> I don't want to die on this hill at all. Yeah. Um, the, the truth is that that what I'm most concerned about. And it's and it's interesting because when I when I've interacted with the more serious elements of, or at least people who flirt with the more serious elements of the alt-right. So when Michael, I hear Michael them talk Malice about, no, Michael Malice knows those people. Um, but when I hear them talk about stuff like uh, the, the sort of well-practiced identity politics of the left um, and the way in which racism has been defined down, it yeah. becomes like moments like that. Moments like that, which... Quite frankly, I don't know that that is evidence of of this horrible, like deep entrrenched belief that we're going to get rid of all of the black folk, and I hate them, and yeah, they're just think, not as good as us. But that's yeah. but that's but that is what we're talking about here. Yeah. It's well, that it's that has, kind of yeah, a yes or it's no that question. kind of supposed racism yes that no I just find kind of deplorable. Let's let's take the word racism out of it. Has Donald Trump or not run a campaign that has been prim- primarily God? Uh, about about <laughs> collectivist animus toward an other yes. at every yes. step of the way. Yes. Has, is has, that a yes or no question? Has yes. every candidate running for office ah, run a campaign ah, that is about oh, collective oh, animus oh, towards oh, the oh, other? Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I want to introduce you to a word from the past from the Cold War called whataboutism. Look at no, this is not both sides. Not whataboutism. No, but it's but it's really not. It's really it, no, it's, it's really not. In fairness, it is Camillism. It's, it's, it's really not. Yeah, it's Camillism. It's what? really not. This is look. I, has he skirted the line on various no. racial issues? There's no, 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 no doubt about no, it. No, 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 no. Has he? Has First he? Ob- all, we took, has we he took obliterated the, word, the line? We took out the word racism. Sure. We took out the word racism. Yeah, and we could take out racial too. Yes. Okay. Go he for said it. a judge. Is in a, unable, unable. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> to judge correctly because he's of Mexican American descent. 
That uh-huh. is collectivism based on the guy's na- uh, ethnicity, well, it's, national it's, background. Sure. And, and as we've talked about on this program in the past, actually, when Sonia Sotomayor was being nominated for the wow. Supreme Court, wow, what conversation good. did he we never, actually have about her? Mm-hmm. He the conversation talked. was what? Mm-hmm. Whether or not a wise Latina woman would yeah. actually be able to, to go in and make judgments. Both stupid. Look, I, this, that was, that, was that is the point. Sure. The point here is not that, that he is redeemable and we can forgive all of this. It is that there is a plethora of stupidity on offer from both parties. Sure. And from the left, the identity politics nonsense that they get, their evil twin, their dark twin, uh, did you see what I did there? Oh, um, is is in fact the alt right? Like they are practicing, they are practicing identity politics in a very similar way. And quite frankly, my perspective has always been that there is another way. The other path is to reject these tribal loyalties altogether, oh, yeah. not to try to mirror it and say, "Well, you say you got you guys get to have your black girl magic and your black power. Well, we get to have ours too." Yeah, I mean, now you get all the plethora of the hot takes about like, why not white identity? Why can't yes. why can't I celebrate my white identity? Well, no, you you can. You seem similarly stupid. Is my perspective? Yeah, I mm. know. Yeah, I think that's right. right. I mean, yeah, Camille just closed it out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm are, we done? are we done? Can we go home now? <laughs> you can never leave. Both yeah. sides are bad. That was, a, that was a good, if I'm cutting together the Camille reel of, like, of the hot moments, that's a good hey, one right the, there. The I like Camilleism that. reel. Yeah, I like that moment. I don't know. I don't I, know. It was, but it was a good recovery from the your whataboutism. There's was no, like, yeah, well, no what, what about this guy? There's no whataboutism. I don't, I don't ba- practice The whataboutism that. is baked in. Yeah. I don't, it's I don't baked practice in. that. Yeah. I don't practice that. You've been that. practicing it for the last 35 minutes and 45 seconds. here. Oh, my God. Are we going to get to practice? Unbelievable. <laughs> we we may we may or may not. Um, I think that's pretty eye glazing. So why don't we? What's go, what's up next on that that hot sheet of yours? There? <laughs> well, hot take. We've blown through almost everything here. No, well, no, no, no. Well, no. Uh, so there was something else though that was that was sort of related to this, and it's it's Trump's pre-response to the alt-right speech. And the pre-response was, well, Hillary Clinton is a bigot, and yeah. Hillary Clinton is a bigot because she endorses all of these miserable policies for black people that haven't helped black and Latino people, despite the fact that she said she would help and save them. Um, but she hasn't. So obviously she's a bigot and she's awful. Um, there was, there was um, a friend of mine, a journalist friend of mine, was in um, uh, Philadelphia for the DNC. And he did a piece on uh, the Breitbart, uh, what are they, what's, that, what's that slovenly guy's name? Matt Boyle? Matt Boyle. Uh, yeah, it looks like a human boyle. Um, <laughs> that, the potato walking around Philadelphia who was trying to join up uh, and join forces with the Sanders people um, and was at, at all their rallies. And yeah. he, he documented this, and it's a funny little piece. And one of the things that these guys were all uh, glomming onto was that, hey, you know, Clinton's really bad for black people because of, mm-hmm. you know, criminal justice. And I don't know if they went so far as welfare reform, because I, that would be real kind of abrogation of their responsibility as like Breitbartians. But um, maybe, yeah, maybe not. I mean, because it's all populist nonsense. It has there's no core to it. Yeah. But to the, to the to the larger point, it was like they were saying, you know, this criminal justice stuff much in the same way the Black Lives Matter uh, protesters had interrupted her speech at a, at a fundraiser and stuff. And it's yeah, because hilarious. of the, uh, super, the super predator. Quote. Yeah, it's a it's a hilarious bit of opportunism from from the alt right who, you know, is in the American Renaissance camp most of the time, the Jared Taylor camp, which is, you know, essentialism about race, as as you just said. I mean, Trump uh, tried to bust Hillary's chops last week on the super predator quote. 
It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, this, this is Trump who who uh, uh, not only wrote op-eds, uh, took out an ad in the New York Post to to execute the, oh, yeah, uh, Central, the, the Park, Central Park Five, Park five yes. who were innocent, yeah. which uh, Jeff uh, Sessions uh, of that crime, sorry, praised him for last week. He's like uh, Donald Trump. He's conservative. Just look at the fact that he How won the death, went on them, yeah. the death yeah. penalty for the Central Park. I, I, I do like wow. that when conservatism, when it when it comes from these these oafs with their sloping foreheads, that they think that conservatism. And you know, I'm not. I'm nobody's conservative, but you know, you can read Russell Kirk and you can read sort of the great. Uh, kind of canon of conservatism, and the message isn't just be super mean and hard. Like you know, let's let's have everyone executed before there's a trial. Is I don't know if that's conservatism. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong about that. That just seems like f- no. That's called democracy. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Come on. Gonna, oh. Camille's going to get into his hatred of democracy now. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason Brennan. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, Andrew. Well, I, I'm, Andrew, do you feel safe wading into these waters? Is this something that you can well, talk about? Yeah, I already have. <laughs> He wants to go home. He just, <laughs> he just looking at my watch here. He literally just slipped me a note, I, yeah. like a hostage. Yeah, he's yeah. got some like. Uh, I have been at the butt of abuse from the alt right, so it's like I feel like I'm a little biased. But you know, they, who? Why are they abusing you, Milo? I, I made the joke Milo Yabba Dabba Doo before, and I, oh. I tweeted, "Is Milo Yabba Dabba Doo going to speak at the RNC?" And somebody gave it to him somehow, and he tweeted, uh, "Oh, it's okay when the left is, you know, when they could be racist." I wasn't making fun of his Greek last name. I was just Milo yeah. Yabba Dabba Doo was something funny that I that I heard on a, on a, wait, wait, on a liberal you're podcast. Totally making fun of his Greek last name. Well, it was just a funny that. phrase I heard yeah. on another podcast. Uh, hey, I come from Greece. That's how you would. If, <laughs> yeah. if there was audio Twitter, that's what it would have been. But I got I got all these tweets. I got people accusing my mother of dropping me on my head when I was a child because yeah. she wanted me to not remember that she was sleeping with black men. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got pictures of but me. But she told you. Uh, she's, <laughs> yeah. she, well, I have so wait, who's, been who's a cuck in that situation? <laughs> it's actually your, but it's your dad who's a cuck. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. There was no mention of my dad. So you are son of cuck. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. It is. Yeah. That's actually what Krell means. Son That's of amazing. Nice. Krell's a made-up last yeah. name. We changed our Jewish last name a long time ago. You're disclosing a lot of truths here. Oh, So you're hiding your... Mm-hmm. Semitic, uh, yeah. I, I can like, see uh, one of the like, horns uh, poking out. From the dearly <laughs> departed Jerome Silverman, right? Uh, who's that? Gene Wilder. Oh, Gene oh yeah, right. that's right. That's He's a right. Jew from Milwaukee. That'd be Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder here. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, so, so. yeah. Gene used to be kind of a manly yeah. name. It's not like Lars. Gene Kelly oh, yeah, was I'm a manly Gene name. Wilder. <laughs> you have to be careful <laughs> like, when, you, when you out people. <laughs> but I have to say that on the Milo uh, tip... Um, I saw a link. Um, Try to. Can you retract? Uh, about Milo's tip? No, I'm going to describe it. <laughs> get out your charcoal pencils. Uh, Prince, oh. Prince Henry. Look, sometimes someone... you just got to get the story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, there's a movie. Did you see this? It was on It was on Drudge, which is like a clearinghouse oh, no. for Milo news from... Uh, from one closet case to to somebody who's not is uh, sorry that's is that can George, you George you is should, out of the closet no I don't think so really uh, David Brock I thought wrote his memoir maybe I don't know no no no, 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 not, no, no. not that there's anything wrong no, there's with not, that nothing wrong not, at all we are not. pro uh, no it was in David Brock's book uh, Blinded by the, the Blinded right. by the Right <laughs> do you want to say something else wrapped up uh, yeah uh, oh, God it's because Springsteen again <laughs> but there is apparently a movie a documentary being shot. About Milo, and I don't know if it's a pro Milo, but this uh, you can look this up. It was in the Hollywood Reporter, I think, and they're following him around on his tour, which is called the Dangerous Faggot Tour. Mm-hmm. And I'm just quoting him, so do not, name. not, yeah. I mean, he's he's doing a shtick, right? He comes yeah. in on a on a on a, on a they, like his his little manservants. They they don't have shirts on, I think, and they carry him in on a throne. Yeah. Okay. So this happens <laughs> apparently. 
He has a rider. It's, this is in the the, oh, yeah, the, the yeah. Hollywood Reporter story, in which there has to be like rose petals, or and it's quite one is quite funny. There has to be rose petals around a framed picture of Mariah Carey backstage. Which is quite funny. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, and there's a bus with his head on it, and apparently he's like the whole documentary. He's this big diva, and he just is demanding everything. Blah blah blah. Right. Friend of mine, who's a journalist, who um, I think mm, all three of you guys know, had uh, lunch with him uh, in D.C. and said, uh, "You know, I'd be interested to see what this guy is. He's a gay writer, uh, and he writes about gay issues. He thought that'd be maybe like an interesting thing." He said he sat down and had a conversation with him in which M- Milo recited the entire lunch. Uh, the press that he had gotten, this person write about me, wrote me about me, this German TV station did this bit about me. And the whole time he was talking about fame and how one becomes famous and how one becomes more famous. And it's really interesting that the fame is coming on the back of all these fucking knuckle draggers that read Breitbart.com. And he, it's kind of funny because I went to the party because we were going to shoot something at the party at the RNC, which was like Twinks for Trump. And if you don't know what mm-hmm. Twinks are... Look it up. You'll be interested. Google <laughs> and, image search. Google image search. There's like, and there's pictures of these like live, skinny, reedy gay men. They look like it looks like an American Apparel ad, like lounging. All uh, pictures of this everywhere. And then you see Robert Spencer and Pamela Geller. I mean, this was the room. It's the craziest thing. I was trying to figure out what happened, and it seemed to me that what I hoped at the end of this that he's Andy Kaufman. That he, this is a joke. Oh man! That hmm. this is an elaborate, elaborate joke. Because I see, I've seen him speak to groups in, like extemporaneously, quote unquote, extemporaneously at campuses, and he's always reading off an iPad. He has his iPad in his hand, and he's like doing his thing. And I just there's a point where I'm like, he does he believe this? No. People used to say this about yes. Ann Coulter all the time, right? But Ann Coulter, you know, she's stuck with it, and you can see her progression from like pretty conservative to this. I think this is just an invention. I mean, it has to be. When he was a radio host in England, there's the whole thing about how he used to be this, like, super Catholic gay radio host. And his shtick was the exact opposite where he – there was some old Facebook post people uh, dragged up – drug up – uh, th- where he said something about like you know nobody should be able to say negative things about uh, the Eucharist or some some shit. Like oh that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember what it was. I, I, yeah. I'm incorrect. So don't quote me on that. But uh, you know, so thanks he, a lot, it, Andrew. Yeah, appreciate that. Fa- <laughs> do we have a spreading lies? <laughs> but like, yeah. what do you, but no, you're supposed to be good at your job. If you think the, this is some elaborate stick, though, what of the people that I think some of us here know that have sort of glommed onto his movement in some way, like a Gavin McInnes, who seems to be genuine. You know, he seems genuinely interested in this sort of. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, on the, persona. on the Milo thing, I mean, the, the, it's I think it's pretty interesting because um, this is a new category in a way of, you know, because of uh, technology and because of Twitter and because of, I mean, Milo was upset that he got kicked off Twitter because this is what made him popular. I don't know. I don't know a single thing the guy believes. I mean, I know he hates political correctness. Great. Um, I don't know what that means anymore because that phrase I has mean, been destroyed. To interject a little bit, but uh, he's our, our mutual friend, Andrew uh, Breitbart. He was the, he's the real trailblazer of the he, political... I, I knew him fairly well, as yeah. well, so did 5,000 other people, and yeah. like it was never about what he actually believes. He didn't actually have core beliefs. He was pissed off at the left for being politically correct and for being in their enclaves, their decadent enclaves on the coasts, like where he lived in Brentwood, um, for being kind of monolithic in their political views in a way that excluded him. It, it, uh, that's what that's motivated ex- it. Look, so it's that's, personal. Uh, that's, that encapsulates all of it. Ann Coulter has a new book 
um, oh, about yeah. how much he hates Mexicans and loves Donald Trump or something. I can't remember <laughs> the title. But I am referenced on the second page of the book in, in a neutral way about a tweet. What, is, I, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that I was just reporting what I saw when I was in Iowa at a Trump rally. Huh. And she quotes this tweet where I said, and I remember that everybody that I talked to, when I was going down the, the line, it was outside freezing cold. And I stopped and talked to, you know, probably 30 people. It was a lot. Uh, I was trying, trying to find a good character to shoot because we were shooting something. And every single person, I would kind of start them and say, you know, does it bother you that he's not a conservative? And right when I'm about to enumerate why he's not a conservative, I, I would be stopped cold, I, I almost to a man. And they'd say, we don't care. And that was like, reminds yeah. me of Andrew and it reminds me of all these people. It's like, we just feel like I can't say anything anymore and I want to say stuff and, you know, I'll get in trouble. And yeah, I see all these people on TV getting fired from their jobs because they say this. And it was a lot of PC stuff and then a lot of uh, job stuff like Mexico. And it's the anti-conservative or anti sort of free market ideas of protectionism and of, you know, tariffs and all this stuff. And it was just the opposite of what one thought of as conservatism. There well, is. Go ahead. No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask a quick question, and Matt, I suspect you can illuminate this for me. I mean that that part of all of the upset right now does make me a little bit nervous. Like the fact the fact that there really isn't uh, an establishment vanguard, even rhetorically, of like the free market uh, as it stands right now, because voters Reason are, Magazine. Well, well yes, I, I, Free Think Media. I mean, establishment. According right, to the talk, Federalists, the Democrats and the, the Democrats and the Republicans. <laughs> Um, certainly libertarians stand up for these ideas and advocate for them forcefully. But it is it is interesting to see so many conservatives just abandon those principles quickly and run mm. away from them when it is inconvenient. And the fact that the base doesn't really seem to care about this stuff all that much. The, no. biggest, shock, the biggest shocker, one of the three or four biggest shockers of this election was the discovery and a lot of people on the, the intellectual right – have been grappling with this and are, are in many ways crying about it um, is a discovery from their uh, point of view that their political coalition was not fundamentally about ideas. Yep. Um, yep. Some of them participated in the idea defenestration mm -hmm. of their own movement, but some of them did not. John Podhoritz, I don't think, woke up in the morning trying to make his movement dumber. Um, he was uh, – yeah, we might disagree about <laughs> hey. uh, different parts about that, but I think that he woke up thinking that what he's doing is about ideas sure, and, yeah. and a lot of the, uh, other people as well. And um, the Moynihan example is, a, is one of many that show that just, that stuff doesn't matter. And, yeah. and so – Part of that um, is salutary, I think, in in that um, anyone who wakes up in the morning thinking that what they're doing is something that it's not should be forced to confront it. Me as well as anybody else. I mean, um, to you know, to be confronted with that. You know, when I first saw Donald Trump give a speech 13 months ago at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, I said to myself. And hopefully I didn't say it out loud too much in public. <laughs> There's no fucking way that my country would mm. be into this. I, I just – I you know – but being forced to grapple with how I am wrong about that mm -hmm. is helpful because you need to uh, have reality checks about where you live and who you are and stuff. Um, and that's a good thing. And part of it also, the Trump factor is that that – Feeling of being condescended to mm -hmm. by people who have been gravitating towards power is a real feeling and the condescension is a real thing that happens yeah, on a daily basis. And reacting against that uh, on its own, there is something that is liberating about that um, even if the way that it all settles into at the end uh, in, in encapsulates a bunch of policy ideas I disagree with at the end. Yeah. 
I'm, I want to toot my own horn a little bit here. Here we go. Opposite of this. Yeah, I got I to gotta brag a little bit. I, last July and August, uh, similar timing that you're talking about, predicted that Trump would be in the lead. Uh, by December or January, you can. It's on Twitter. These things. I, 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 but did off, you? But did you say he'd get the nomination? Uh, I didn't want to be the political horse race, you know, predictor. But I didn't want to be like a Mark Halperin, you know, like caring not too much about the stupid horse race. But I did say he's going to lead. People are in denial that he's he's going to have the Herman Cain moment in November and December. And it's and to your point about Pat Horitz and all these serious conservative intellectuals. Sure, they don't wake up in the morning thinking, "Oh, we're not going." You know, we're not we're not trying to make the movement stupid, stupider. But what they did for so long was dismiss any sort of concerns about this sort of underbelly of racial anxiety and class anxiety on the right among the the sort of conservative base. They dismissed it as that's just crazy Uncle Cheney emails. But like this was a real bubbling resentment that manifested itself in 2011 with, with Donald yeah. Trump rising. And they all played a role in not saying no, none of these people stood up and said, Romney needs to get this guy off the stage, needs to stop campaigning with him, needs to disown him completely. Everybody shut up. I think there's, I Romney think there's shouldn't a, be a, a nightmare on immigration. Yeah. I think there's <laughs> or that too. Yeah. I think there's, I like where you're going with this, but I disagree on one and one in one fundamental way. The how, no, just how how you how you respond to it. And Donald Trump said on uh, on Twitter the other day this uh, this cryptic tweet about I'm Mr. Brexit, and I guess what he was trying to say was that at the end the polls will be wrong and yeah, yeah. the polls actually weren't wrong in Brexit. But my problem with Brexit is my problem with how how we've reacted to Donald Trump hmm. is the Brexit thing is that ev- after it happened. The media classes in Fleet Street, everybody blamed the red top tabloids. Everybody blamed the Daily Mail. They looked at the split of votes and realized that it was listing towards older people and older people are uh, immigrants, blah, blah, blah. One of the things that no one addressed and wanted to address is the fact that what people really were angry about was both immigration and the fact that Brussels always seemed like a nightmare to them. Now, there's always these tales of the banana that has to be measured in a certain way and all these weird Brussels regulations. Right. Some of them are apocryphal. Some of them are true. But there is a real issue with Brussels and the way Brussels handles things within Europe and the issues of sovereignty. So instead of just saying, oh, my God, all these uncle, the crazy old uncle racists, no one actually said, geez, we really handled the Brussels thing in a wrong way by by burying it, by saying that to question it is to be a crazy person and not ignore it, but tack back towards a sensible response to it. This is the same thing that happens with Trump. We get bogged down in the fact that there's a bunch of racists, a bunch of alt-right people, and that's true. That's absolutely true. There are some of those. There are some of those. But one of the things that we should be most angry about, in a way, is the bastardization of the word political correctness, for instance. So if I say something in a meeting, if I say something on a television show, a radio program, and I say it's political correctness, I won't say that anymore because it sounds Trumpian. Yeah. And what they've done is they, they've ignored the root issue that everybody said, ah, it's not a big deal. And now what we're doing is saying, look, they're all crazy racist. They're all weird. It's like, no, 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 let's go to the thing that, that there might be a seed of concern that is real. But these people do not, I think, have the intellectual equipment to actually handle it. And we're not giving it to them. No one's saying that, look, you can understand this in a way that's not full of racial resentment. The closest I have seen to this recently was a lot of press that uh, this book is getting called Hillbilly Elegy, uh, which yeah, I haven't yeah, read, yeah. which is a look at why people uh, in in like kind of Ozark, Appalachia type places are so kind of disaffected and why they vote for, for Donald Trump. 
And there's got to be a moment that's not just amongst political scientists where we say, why is this happening? And let's take stock of things. And one of the things that you'll find out is not just stuff about economics and about jobs and about stagnant growth. It's cultural. And there's they have a point. And there's not a point. It's not just crazy racism. It's the fact that people feel dislocated and they feel that, you know, words, as you said before, words are like racism have been have been expanded with such elasticity that it's meaningless. And they're like, we don't like this. They, I think they have a point on that on, on that point, but no one's addressing it. I do wonder if uh, if phrases like racial resentment will ever be applied uh, in the other direction, if anyone will ever ask thoughtful questions about, say, the fact that every single Republican candidate in recent memory has been totally racist. Um, and it is only in the context of that alt-right speech that I have heard a Democratic presidential candidate talk about their Republican counterparts as like respectable human beings yeah. who don't actually actively hate um, the yeah, various yeah. constituencies that vote for, for them. A time of Paul Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, God, this is he's this, he's no Mitt Romney. Right. Every, he's no George W. Bush, who, as Kanye single, West informed us, didn't care about her. black people. Every single ex-president and ex-Republican leader, from William, William F. Buckley to Ronald Reagan, Barry Goldwater, they are all eventually rehabilitated and used by That's Democrats right. and the yeah. left That's right. as like fallen uh, or, you know, people that uh, the, the, the Republicans have since fallen from, even though at the That's time right. that they were alive, they were portrayed as absolutely crazy, racist, genocidal. But Matt, what if somebody said, and this is an honest question, what if somebody said in response to you that um, th that makes sense because the Republican Party has gotten progressively crazier? Is there not is there truth to the fact that, you know, the Reagan, you made a Reagan position about immigration. Yeah. Uh, Reagan, of course, liberalized abortion laws in California. And everyone has the cliche that Ronald Reagan could never be elected to, to, to you know, uh, represent his party uh, these days. Right. Uh, is it true? I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, if, I if, think, if anything, Donald Trump might prove that it's not true because it's, it's not the ideas. Yeah, it's true. That's it doesn't that's matter. That's a really good point. It yeah. doesn't matter. I need to I yeah. need to connect with you and demonstrate that I care. You don't much care about ideas. Yeah. You kind of hate those people sure. over there. And if I can get you animated, I might be able to win this damn thing. I mean, I look yeah. at it through a scale of authoritarianism. And so, uh, you know, Richard Nixon, through his personal abuse of the executive branch to go after and blunt his political enemies strikes me as a category difference of a lot of uh, behavior of Republicans before and since. And also the dude was, a uh, mm -hmm. you know, he, he wage and price controls happened under him and we don't have that anymore. But so also detente, which detente, the EPA, wage and price controls, yeah. affirmative action. I mean, Richard Nixon yeah, was they're, they're not, trying to, uh, yeah, I mean, they're trying, traditionally conservative. They're, they're trying to bring us some, some new, some new awful things. I mean, we're, we're going to make certain that all of the manufacturing jobs don't escape the hemisphere. Um, it's, we've got some, some neo-mercantilism, uh, on, mm. on the rise. Um, uh, in both parties. In both, in both, in both parties. parties, which is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, so we, we've, we've run like way over our time here. No, I promised private Yeah, No, you didn't no, start the clock again, Matt Welch. Oh, I started it like 15 oh, yeah. minutes into the show. Is that true? Yeah, I, know, I, like, I watched that happen. It's Matt. Yeah. There's one oh, responsibility here. Is that true? I thought we were running yeah. up against 60 yeah. here. But no, no. It's we, because we, we, I watched him reach over while you were We are way over, but they don't want to hear us talk about how we're way over. They already know this. Yeah. And I know it. They're not listening anymore. So, Matt, here's the question. Do we wrap this up right now or can you... 
give me a sense of this private prison thing. No, no, no private prison. Okay. Never. No Never. private yeah. prison. You know yeah. what? If you want to read about this private, if you want to learn about this private prison stuff, go read uh, Matt's piece, which yeah, well, he promised me that he's going to that he's going to write. Magazine. It'll be you know online yeah. seven months from now. Yeah, but there's a great parallel between the uh, private prison stuff and the charter school stuff. All I'm just it's saying is that uh, that uh, at this point, Democrats don't like competition for government services of any sort. Um, whether it be uh, private uh, provision of prison crapola or uh, you know for-profit education, um, bunch of stuff like that right now. Charter schools, John Oliver going on a jihad against charter schools, uh, totally disproportionate, albeit a little bit funny. Um, there is a real sense of Democrats going away from their belief in the 1970s that we should look at antitrust, not just in the direction of private monopolies, but of the way the government runs stuff. Democrats are objectively pro-monopoly when it comes to government crap, and that sucks. The end. That, that sounds wow. about right to me. Super elephant. Um, I'm going to end on this thing. Uh, John McLaughlin died from McLaughlin Group. He used to, and I, he used to end the show by asking people for predictions. Remember this? I thought yeah, he yeah. ended yeah. the show by going, bye-bye. Well, that was <laughs> well, that's what he did. And he would say, you know, Pat Buchanan would say, well, I believe that such and such is going to happen. And then he would, it would come to him, and he would tell everyone that they were wrong. And, it, you know, he'd be like, Russia's going to do this, and we're going to do that, and China is going to do this, bye-bye. And it was the end, right there. So I'm going to do one prediction. Tomorrow, I, we're not going to get to this, and I think some people are interested in this. Uh, tomorrow, there's an enormous opposition march uh, in Venezuela. Um, a lot of really, really, really bad things are happening right now. A, a Al Jazeera crew is detained on their way into the country. Drones have been taken out of the sky. This is actually the nightmare of preppers in America. It actually exists in Venezuela. They're, you're not allowed to fly, fly, fly drones because they don't want to see people, p- people seeing pictures of how big the, the demonstration is going to be. Uh, a youth leader who actually I've met in Cato gave an award to in 2008, uh, Jan, who's Jan Goya Chia, whatever his last name mm-hmm. is, um, was uh, arrested uh, yesterday. And the charge was that he had detonators that were given to him by the CIA and the North American imperialists. Uh, my interview with Jan, by the way, he talked about Gandhi the whole time. He's like this squishy little guy. Uh, bad stuff is happening. Mm. Um, as uh, And they will not allow this recall to happen to end the scourge of Maduro and Chavismo. And my prediction, I'm just going to end this, is that, well, I don't have a prediction. I just hope everything's okay in Venezuela by next week. And uh, But it's looking really hairy. So Jeez. there you go. Uh, that is... Uh... That's it's an tough. issue I care about. So no, no, that's good. It's 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 good that you care. It's uh, it's great that you brought it to uh, everyone's attention. If they're still listening, well, I mean, do you have any other um, unfortunate, sad things to share? You want to talk about how miserable uh, things are going in Turkey right now? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Corral, just... They want they want to wipe out the border. Is what I saw today. They want to take out everybody along the border. Uh, they just oh. want to completely clear the border. Yeah, it's going swimmingly. By the way. Well, what we really needed was a no-fly zone. That would have fixed everything. Yeah. Oh, well, Here on we that go. note... See, he does these things, and then he turns off the tape. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Hey. I mean, everybody's bad, so I, can, I have no take on Turkey. You know? it's just Nice. Yeah, is that right? Is we're that all, is that how all, I do it? We're all communists now. Yeah. Just talking about politicians. <laughs> At any rate, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, it has been our pleasure to, uh, to palaver with you this afternoon, and I think that is an accurate description uh, of what's happened here. Um, gentlemen... Thank you all for joining me. Thank you, Camille. Thank you. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. At We The Fifth. At, at We The Fifth on Twitter. Maybe we'll come back next week. Maybe oh, we'll I'm going to be in California. Off. It's a, it's a I'm in California. Should we take next week off? No, never. Seriously? Maybe we, we, do, we, we may take next week off. You'll find out soon enough. Well, maybe we can do two episodes. I could just week. talk about Springsteen for an hour. If you oh, God. Me. Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Plug. We, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. The fifth
Call him, call him, call him.